0: and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am having so much fun in this author series talking with fellow authors, not only fellow authors, but Fellow authors from my own uh, publishing family. So, joining me today is Katie Anderson, and we're going to talk about her new book that's only been out a short bit in the ebook drop today. And it is Learning to Lead, Learning to Learn, Leading to Learn. Oh, I already screwed that up. Let's try it. I will say it again because as we have it, we've got to make sure the verbiage is right. Learning to Lead leading to learn and what's amazing about this is the rest of the title here where uh, i'm going to try and do it right without you know my glasses on but lessons from toyota leader isao yoshino all right i got a thumbs up on that on a lifetime of continuous learning and this is so amazing about not only your journey the way you got this interview in terms of the pieces of this puzzle and what you've learned from it. So I cannot wait to dive into this. So first of all, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today on our little podcast.
1: Thank you. I've been looking forward to having this conversation. and I am too. Yeah.
0: Ah, Power, women, and leadership. Yes. (laughs) So Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, and then we'll get a little bit into the book.
1: Yeah, great. So uh, I'm Katie Anderson, as you now know, and I'm based in uh, the San Francisco Bay area and- um, I could not
0: have told that from uh, the backdrop there with just a little bit of memorabilia on it. So I'm just, you know, putting it into there, go on.
1: Oh, okay, well, I have a lot of uh, Japan memorabilia too because <laughs> I live, I, this is my Daruma doll that I just filled in uh, the face today. So these are, so to unwind, uh, I'm a leadership coach and consultant based in the Bay Area, and had the amazing experience of moving to Japan for my husband's job five and a half years ago, and became a real uh, well. Japan now is forever linked in my own fabric of my personal and professional life, and I became obsessed with these uh, these figures in Japan called Daruma dolls. So I have you get to see behind me a very large, extensive collection of. Uh, of Daruma dolls, but this one, I literally filled in the last eye today. There is a, a signal of, you fill in one eye when you have a goal, and then when you have another, when you achieve your goal, you get, a fill, you get to fill in the other eye and it's weighted at the bottom. So when it, you, well, it's not hard on my hand, but when you topple, you fall down in on the way of achieving your goal, you get back up. You keep persevering, you keep trying, there's a Japanese proverb that says, fall down seven times, get up eight. And so this is about oh. perseverance towards achieving your goal. And I, I, uh, I achieved my goal today. Um, the paperback released a week ago, and then the ebook dropped today. So I am done with the book. I it's a great. I love that.
0: That is fun. And this tells you why I don't have my glasses on because I thought that was 49ers memorabilia in the background.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, no, there's no, yeah. It's not for the rubulae, <laughs> <the
0: Caribbean>, no. <laughs> I'm gonna put the uh, glasses back on for a second and go, oh yep, nope, not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> I know it's like, interesting how how did that connect to San Francisco, but okay. I yeah, I think I better leave my glasses on for the rest of this because clearly I can't even think ahead of myself. It's red though, you got the
1: red, you got the red, so the red's a good theme. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was that is such a really cool um element, you know, of having a goal. Having it be so visible like that and having it be kind of a little, you know, weeble wobble that you can knock it over, but it comes right back up again.
1: Look at the little guys. This is a gold one. See, just for you. Yeah. They're little weeble wobbles.
0: So. I love that. What am, and what a tangible way to, you know, to mark some really big milestones. So that's very cool. I'm glad you shared that. Uh Now what, what I know of my, um, my time in Japan um, is uh, the airport that's a, that's the time in japan that i've had my husband's been there for work but i've been there in the airport but i was on a mission on my layover because the time that he went before he was using up all his uh you know loose change before he left and he bought this amazing chocolate mm. um, in those little boxes and i can't think of the name of them but um they're fabulous so when i when i had my layover there a year ago i went there and i found them and i bought like every one of their chocolates. And apparently you can buy them for like 10 times as much in uh, in uh, the U.S. But uh, it, it was just fabulous stuff.
1: It, it, there's, are they the ones that had the the, um, the potato chip inside with the dark chocolate?
0: No, I have not heard of those. Oh, yes. No, they're like little, they're almost like a, it's almost like a little uh, container of fudge. And so they have little um it's just like a little square and then there's this little tiny spatula so that you can pull each piece out and then they've got a little thing oh i'm gonna find oh, i'm gonna find oh, them again oh,
1: fine. i i usually am in japan uh, two to three times a year now because i lead, i continue <laughs> to lead trips to, i take peak business people and leaders to go to japan to learn about their continuous improvement and customer service oriented uh, mentality sadly my two trips of course in may and october have had to be canceled but I will have to be on the lookout for oh, the yes. fudge, fudge-like chocolate uh, next yes, time. Yes, I will tell
0: you where to find it in the airport because yeah. I think I even know what terminal. Mm-hmm. Well, right. that, wait, tell me, tell us a little bit more about that. That is really amazing. So you take people to Japan to also put them in an immersive experience. Tell me, how, how did you get started with that? What is that like? You know, if somebody's listening and goes, I want to do that, you know, when we can fly again one of these days, yeah. you know, how did you, uh, how did you come about with, with that perspective?
1: So when we moved to Japan five and a half years ago, it was, I was thrilled from my own like, personal learning experience, both from the culture of Japan, but also professionally for me, it was really linked to the continuous improvement and leadership work that I had been doing for years in healthcare, all related, coming out of the Toyota production system. And so my goal was when I moved there, was to move to Japan, was to not only learn as much as possible for myself, but make a ton of connections I started writing a blog so I could share my learnings with other people and I had a glimmer of a dream that maybe Mm. my connections and my personal learning um, could result into a business offering later down the line and it has. So I've now led several trips to, for people globally, uh, up to 20 people on each of the trips, come to Japan and I set up a series of a, you know, an intense immersive experience with my, the subject of my book is part of the trip. Mr. Yoshino comes and talks about his 40 years of Toyota. We visit Toyota suppliers. We visit a school to learn about their concepts of respect for people and community. We visit other types of businesses. And what's important for me for people to also get is a sense of the Japanese culture. So we go to a Japan traditional Ryokan and have some meals and I take them to the Daruma temple where I where you could, where they, Uh, uh, it's focused on the Darumas and get some of the culture because that is such an important part uh, of it as well. So uh, I was back in January uh, saying that the photo on the back of the book is actually when I was with, (laughs) back in Japan in January, preparing for my two sold out trips this year. And of course, you know, the world changed. So I hope, I, I plan on continuing to lead these again when we're in a, you know, a different place globally. And it's, uh, but it's such a thrill. It's one of those, I, I think back to that, that, I had this opportunity to move to a new country and I, um, I could have just let it be a personal experience. Mm-hmm. But I also said, what can I do to maximize this experience, not only for myself, but also for my business and connect with people around the world. And that's what gives me passion as well. And uh, so it's, it's sort of the trifecta of all those things com- coming together.
0: That is so fantastic. I want to go on one of those. Yeah, you should.
1: <laughs> it's great. And there's good chocolate.
0: Oh, you know, they, I was afraid they were going to stop me on the way back and say, Ma'am, there is a 10 box limit of chocolate. I came home and my husband's like, What did you do? <laughs> I said, I couldn't say no. <laughs> the only one I didn't bring back was the green tea matcha one, but I should have.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, seriously, so people say, What do you miss the most about Japan? And it really it's the. Uh, it's the intangibles, like the food. I mean, the mm-hmm. food is amazing. And it's not just Japanese food. They What I discovered uh, learning living in Japan is that uh, they, as a culture, people perfect ideas and concepts. So they'll take something from abroad and make it even better. So like, that's why it has have, Japan has some of the most, Tokyo has the most number of Michelin-starred restaurants, the best French food, the best yeah. Italian food, the best anything, because they they go and study and immerse and then, themselves and make it, make it even better. And that's the same true with like the Toyota production system. People think it emerged in Japan, but it actually was Toyota leaders uh, going over to the United States and taking some of the concepts, bringing it back, bringing in good concepts from Japanese culture and making it even better and more robust. And so, uh, yeah, I think this very, it's a really interesting concept of how do you take something and improve upon it and do like excel and be the best. Uh, yeah, and- it's
0: like distilling the different you know, parts of lots of things, hmm. not copying one, but saying here's value here and here's value here. How do we have enhanced value? I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was a real eye opener for me around some of the nuances of both uh, Japanese culture, but also the continuous improvement culture that Toyota and some other companies in Japan are really known for.
0: I know that when my husband went there to on business, uh, he stayed um, outside Tokyo. I don't know how far away, but far enough that it didn't seem like the yeah. city. But uh, he um, stayed in a hotel where, in his room, he actually had a river that ran through part of his room, mm-hmm. yeah. and so his sleeping mat or whatever—I don't—I know I'm not using the the right verbiage—but where he slept, which was not a tra- traditional bed in our in our um, vein in the U.S. Yeah, traditional yeah. bed. Yeah. And he said, you know, you went to sleep and, you know, you hear the brook coming through and I'm like, I want to go there right now. Yes. <laughs> come with me.
1: Business, it's a business trip, business learning and fun.
0: <laughs> <So>. Right off. <laughs> exactly. Well, so talk to us about your book because you wrote this book based on some amazing conversations with this man who has become your your friend and uh, someone that clearly you admire. So what prompted you to write this book and, and what, did you, what did you learn about yourself and what did you learn through the process?
1: So a lot of great questions there. So a little of the history. So when I first found out that we were moving to Japan, it was January, middle, the summertime it was like this time of year in 2014. And I was at a conference and Mr. Yoshino happened to be there. It was total serendipity he was in Los Angeles where the conference was and the man John Shook, who was the very first uh, non-Japanese employee of Toyota Motor Corporation, uh, was is very well known in the, the lean and Toyota space, he invited Mr. Yoshino to join him on stage and Mr. Yoshino was his first boss and they were talking about Uh, their relationship as boss and, as I say in Japan, subordinate, but that's just the Mm -hmm. the common language. And I was really impressed by Mr. Yoshino's, both his humility and his wisdom, but also of like leading with the heart. He was very clear. He, he led by caring. And um, I happened to get an introduction to him at the conference and he gave me his card. And he said, when you move to Japan, if you do look me up, I will come to Nagoya, I will take you to Toyota, we can spend the day together. Um, and so, I, of course, I was doing a little cheer, I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. All right, I'm set, <laughs> this is it. And I totally thought it was going to be a one-day, like, day, like trip of a lifetime or, you know, day of a lifetime to spend right. the day with, at Toyota with this uh, Toyota leader, uh, who is this really well-known man's uh, mentor. And little did we, and I made my husband take the day off of work too. I was like, you have to come <laughs> to oh, yeah. with me. And little did we know that that was gonna be the beginning of this incredible friendship um, from that point forward. He also, sa- uh, he also said I could write about our conversations. So that's sort of the genesis of what really helped uh, elevate my blog as well as um, I start, I was learning so much. And so I would just jump on the train, 90 minute bullet train Um, from Tokyo to Nagoya every, you know, few months, and we'd spend the day together. And so we developed this really wonderful relationship that wasn't just him telling me things, it was a relationship based on conversation, of mutual learning, and then when I moved back from uh, to the United States, we continued our relationship, and he's actually visited and stayed with me many times, and we've started some professional partnership Uh, in the US and then my Japan study trips and then in Europe as well, like speaking at conferences and and working together. And about two years, a little over, maybe two and a half years ago, had an idea of like let, there's so much information so I, I feel so blessed and fortunate to have learned from this man of all of our conversations. I just wanted other people to have that opportunity too. So we talked about well let's let's do a book. He he called it a booklet, but I'm like this is more than a booklet. Like <laughs> we're gonna do a booklet. We're doing a book. <laughs> so we started out with really purposeful interviews, and where I, we I, we went back to the very very beginning. And he was recalling memories that he hadn't thought of in like 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and as we went deeper, I realized this was a this is a real book. I mean like in there. I was originally conceiving it as like different leadership lessons supplemented by stories. And it became clear to me that his narr- the narrative of his learning journey, his leadership journey really needed to be told. Because as you know, there's not just one lesson to be had from an experience. Mm, uh, yeah. And so I, I flipped it and decided to tell the stories and let the lessons and the learning come from there. Uh, and so it became an even bigger endeavor um, but I knew it's, it's what needed to come uh, and be part of the the documentation. So it's sort of part leadership memoir, part Toyota history and J- Japan history, and part leadership um, book and of like, not, not how to, but leadership reflection and, and learning book. And so it's all rolled up into one. Um, so that's sort of how that how that emerged and how it happened, but it was I I knew a book was going to be a big undertaking, but of course, uh, you never know quite how big (laughs) the big undertaking is going to be. So I am very excited to have my Daruma's eye filled in.
0: (laughs) No kidding. Oh my gosh. What what an amazing opportunity Mm. and uh, an amazing, uh, just walking into an entire education with Mm. someone where you can have the opportunity to ask them questions and to really learn from them. And, And when you meet someone who's, is as genuine as this this individual what a what a great gift you were given and what a great gift for him to have someone to listen and appreciate and and want to share it as well
1: yeah, totally thank you and i one of the most honor the thing i i don't know if honor is the right word but it just impacted me the most is how much he's told me that uh, our partnership he's learned so much from me and appreciated me continuing to ask questions to help him go deeper than he might've even uh, have just himself on his own. And so uh, just when he was, he got teary on the phone when we talked, we talked once every week or two. And when we were about to submit, uh, you know, hit submit, he was getting teary saying, you know, he even gets caught up into the stories, even though he knows how it ends. Like it's his story, but the the way that we've, pulled it together. Uh, it was really impactful and meaningful to him. So, if no one else read it, that my my work was done. Uh, but I do hope <laughs> other people read it and get to learn from his experience as well.
0: I I bet. So so, what made you come up with the title "Learning mm-hmm. to Lead and Leading to Learn"? Yeah, great. Learning I, to lead. I did yeah. it wrong again. Learning to lead. Leading Need, to learn. You
1: did it right. It was so. <laughs> it wasn't immediate. Uh, immediately obvious to me what the title should be. Actually last fall the working title was Practicing Hansei. The word Hansei in Japanese means reflection Mm -hmm. and I I liked the concept because it's sort of the meta the meta story is about reflection and learning Um, but I wasn't sure about having a Japanese word in the title and I also I didn't feel like it spoke to the actual content. So the, the process was around reflection and there's a lot of learning about the process of reflection, but really this is about uh, how is each of us, no matter on what, what level of leadership, if we're just sort of emerging leaders or more established, how, do, how have we learned to be leaders? How, and, and at all levels, we always need to continuously improve ourselves. So yeah. how are we always learning to lead and then importantly, how are we leading so that other people are learning, so that our organizations are learning? Or not, we're not lear- leading to be right. We're not leading to achieve. We're, if we can create a learning environment, a learning organization, and in, in learning capabilities and others, then we're really gonna be able to be successful and achieve. So it's almost like this virtuous cycle. So we always need to be learning how to be leaders, and then we also need to be leading to create other uh, people's learning to be leaders. Uh, and we we talk about this chain of learning that that he experienced at Toyota, and and I feel like I I am now part of that chain of learning too. And and I think about all the people who've been influential in my own chain of learning. So it's like, how do we all link together?
0: So that it's funny as you as you were talking, I I reached back and I got my little mirror here because I I bring it up often, and I'm always saying, you know, as a leader the biggest gift we can give ourselves and the people we lead is to constantly be looking in our own reflection mm. and asking ourselves, are we on the right path? Are we making right decisions? Do we need to adjust? Are we asking you know, the right things of our team? And that, that ability to reflect and to constantly be willing to learn and understand you're never, you're never at the perfection point. Mm. You're always in a state of trying to be a little bit better than you were a moment ago. If you're really focused on trying to develop yourself as a leader, so I I, uh, I like I believe in that concept quite a, you know very very much. I can see why that would also have been an intriguing title, but it might not have given the average person the the, the best understanding of the book to pick it up off the shelf. So yes, tough and decision. It,
1: so it was a tough decision, but we we played homage to it at the end of each uh, of each qu- chapter or section. I have practicing Hansei reflection yeah. questions for people to then, a little, a little Daruma in there too, if you can see my little.
0: Yes, I do, stuff. I love it. So
1: I, we brought that in uh, because I, I wanted the, the stories, not just to be stories, but also to be triggers for personal reflection and thinking about, well, not only what do I think about the story, but what are the, about the concepts in my own life and, and to be inspiration for, for change or for personal improvement for uh, the people who read the book too.
0: I was just talking to uh, one of the people on my team, and we were we we're working on her leadership levels. And I said to her, you know, you, what's really important is understand that personal and professional, they 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 mesh. They, you know, you can try and keep completely professional on this side, but the personal part of you is never out of the equation. We're human beings, and so it's important that we recognize that because the more we recognize our humanness and our professional side the more that we are, you know, a true and authentic leader, we have to watch the balance of letting too much of the professional side come into our personal life. But the more you're reflecting on things, you should be able to find that balance and see how they have to intertwine. And when they intertwine, I think there's a lot of benefit to your personal life as well. You know, being more organized or being, you know, thoughtful or being more strategic, that uh, those things can have a play in there as well.
1: Yeah. I I like to talk about how we, we're really our whole people and to try and segment it. I mean, you may need to segment your time, but to really be our authentic selves and be authentic leaders, we, we, to compartmentalize who we are in the, at the end doesn't really serve us, nor does it serve the people um, that we're supporting our, you know, our, our, our teams, our clients. Um, So I'm with you.
0: I just started with my team. So we have a You know, I I kind of work with them individually as I need to, but we have a team meeting once a week that uh, we just had right before this. And so I've started with uh, this uh, just a couple, you know, minutes for every person, but everybody has a funny, we all answer a funny question to begin with. So like the last one was, um, you know, what's your favorite meal to make and why? You know, I've asked them like, what was your most embarrassing childhood moment? You know, so we're, we're going through these little uh, revelations, because as we then dive into the serious work, I like the fact that we're remembering that we're all still human beings inside of that.
1: Yes, totally. One of the things that I've started to incorporate, too, is more drawing. So when I work with teams, uh, even teams who've worked together, ask them to draw who they are and their, and their purpose. And you'd be surprised. It's amazing, people draw things that their colleagues would never have known about them. So um, that's another thing and maybe even people can draw and then hold up and talk about their drawings.
0: You'd never be able to understand what mine is because I am the worst drawer of no, the entire no. world.
1: <laughs> no, unleash the power. No child tells themselves they're a bad drawer. That's, that's something we've put on ourselves as adults. So,
0: Oh, that's very nice of you. You haven't seen my stick people. They're pretty funny. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Nobody, <laughs> nobody invites me to play, uh, what was it? It's not, it, what's okay, the dictionary? Okay, uh, yeah, nobody ever asked me to play that. So you know, through through the process of writing a book, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, I know that in the two that I've you know published, and I actually have three more in various stages right now. You are a woman. (laughs) uh, I'm a little crazy, Um, Mm -hmm. and one of them is an actual novel. So that's the one I need to finish next before the next business books, uh, because I got to get it out of this noggin. (laughs) <laughs> but I know that I've learned a lot of things about myself through the writing and the publishing process. And you know, when you reflect on this whole journey that you've done, what, what have you learned about yourself in this process?
1: Well, It's hard to say just, just one thing. Uh, but if I, I mean, there's obviously the conversations with Mr. Yoshino and there's so much riches there. But if we're talking specifically about the, the writing or publishing process, for me, it wasn't a... Uh, a new revelation, but it was a renewed recognition that I am a heavy reviser. So in my college uh, freshman English class, my, the teacher said, there are two types of writers. There are heavy revisers and heavy planners. And I knew, I mean, I've always been a heavy reviser. I need to like dump it all into the computer and then like figure out the message and it, it's messy. And I, And I realized for myself that the type of support that I really needed was a developmental editor to someone who could actually help me find my way through um, all of my writing. And uh, so that was, I, and I didn't realize, on, on, I, I, I knew that about myself, but I'd never written a book before. And so I've written two theses and I had people help me and I, I knew that, but it was a different, that was a different type of writing. So for me, it was really, I needed a developmental editor, help me find my way. And once I find my way, um, then I'm, then I'm great, um, but I, I, I'm a heavy reviser, man, oh, so much revising, I'm happy to be done, <laughs> so.
0: I would have to say I fall into that category, too, because I wrote my first book in six weeks, but then after eight <laughs> months of editing, my husband's like, just send it off to the damn editor, <laughs> oh,
1: Yeah, I, and if people told me, oh, you'll write the first, you'll write your book once, and then you'll rewrite it, and that was so true, because I also pivoted, you know, I was trying to write this book, as I said, like, under sort of a leadership topic, and it, I was just, feeling really stuck, and I just didn't feel like the, it wasn't interesting to write, and it wasn't interesting to read, and I, once I pivoted and let myself tell the stories, it really mm-hmm. released me, but it was, uh, yeah, you got, you have to find the flow.
0: Yeah, and you have to find your own place. That was the same thing with me. I wanted to write my, my first book for so long, but every time I sat down, I thought I had to make it very, you know, almost uh, textbook-like, and finally, one day after a couple of years of sitting down and trying, I was listening to a speaker talk about her book that she wrote you know, in story format. And I went, ding, ding, ding. Like every leadership book I've ever loved is written in a stupid story format. And yes. I don't mean stupid in a bad way. I'm like, why don't no, you realize like, that?
1: Not- yeah, totally. And you know, so I came from my previous career many years ago was in uh, academic research. And so I came from a, a place where almost removing yourself, like, I was almost being more of the biographer and not introducing myself as much. And when I was able to reintroduce, so both get back to the storytelling and then actually introduce a bit of my perspective too, through sharing my voice. I feel like we I was able to really accomplish what I wanted when I set out, which was to honor Mr. Yoshino's stories, to amplify his lessons of learning and leadership and also um provide a perspective that is my own and uh and help people take these stories and apply them to their own lives and i feel like i'm that bridge between he has these wonderful experiences of the past now how i help people see those experiences And now how do i help people move forward in their lives through my um through my coaching and my consulting and in my writing
0: but yeah actually- I, I got back to my
1: blog voice and that was like it's me my authentic self and so yes it's it's so important
0: and so that actually, this runs me right into the next question, because, you know, I deal in potential and having, you know, helping people shock their potential. So how has writing this book, the process, the time with him shocked your potential?
1: So we're, a week, we're only a week out of uh, the book being published, so <laughs> hopefully it shocks a lot of potential in the future. Um, you know, I think for me, or I know for me, that the, the writing the book has been a really important uh, exercise in learning for myself. I feel like the richness of what I bring to people now is like so much more robust. I mean, I, I did great work before, but the learning that I had, not just through the conversations and what I've learned from Mr. Yoshino, but what I've learned through synthesizing that information about thinking about what, it's, what it means. I really feel like I've, I, and the introspection I've had to take for myself on all of this I feel like I've come forward um, with even more, more to offer the world from my own voice as well. And, and so uh, I think it, I really see this as a nice bridge and launch also into my future and my future work uh, as, as a coach and a, uh, of others and, and all the other work that I do too.
0: I love it. Yeah, it's a springboard, and and you're going to see, you know, many more things that come out of it because it is, it is an interesting journey. <clears throat> excuse me to, <clears throat> to uh, lose your voice when you're doing a yeah. podcast. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's a really interesting journey to to write and and have people read and and comment. And the first time I got an email from somebody. You know, it was a, you know, it seemed like it was 10 pages long. And she's like, I just finished your book and I can't wait to tell you how much impact it had. And I remember sitting there at that point in time and going, all right, this wasn't just for me. This yeah. really did have an impact on somebody else. And, you know, and I think what's fun about your book is that you're not only going to feel that yourself, but, you know, Mr. Yoshino is going to continue to experience that from other people as well. So what a, what a great uh, tie there. Mm-hmm. So we're almost done. We're almost out of time here, but real quick, what's your next big goal, you know, and what's your timeline for achieving it?
1: My Right now my next big goal is to amplify the book's message and get it out as wide as possible. I mean, we're just one week out from the release. So um, I, for me just getting, you know, continuing to get the book out there, my, you know and 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 seeing everyone uh reading it and digesting it um for me that's my focus right now and really enjoying the the sort of the follow up of having yep. written this book there'll be other big goals uh, down down the line but for me right now it's it's really uh, amplifying the book's message and Uh, over the next, you know, few months to the end of the year. And uh, and also building on that and start using this as as we talked about, that springboard for sharing my messages around leading with intention and what does that mean and to help people. And so how can I talk about the book and the stories in here and also be using this as sort of a, a platform for my own messaging as well as of course, probably thinking about what my book will be in the future, but I need a little break from writing. So Uh, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not declaring a Daruma yet for that one.
0: (laughs) There's no eyes being colored in yet. No, no,
1: not yet. Not yet. But you know, the the high achiever in all of us. uh, (laughs) We're crazy. Well, I know
0: we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody is too anxious and they want to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: So it's my website. So, uh, kbjanderson.com and the b and the j are because of my uh my middle name which is my former last name brian jones so kbjanderson.com you that's just my handle on twitter that's my handle and linkedin and everything and then also you could go to learning to lead leading to which is the book's website as
0: well as long as you don't ask me to say it again because i'll screw it up again
1: <laughs> yeah. learning to lead leading to learn <laughs>
0: Katie thank you so before we uh, wrap up any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers
1: sure Uh, I would say think about how you can be more intentional about your own leadership and I I see the word intention Uh, actually I learned this when I was in Japan that the the symbols representing the the word intention come partially from the, the the symbol meaning heart and the other one meaning direction so how can you connect with your heart what's important your purpose and then align your actions and your, dire- uh, your actions and your behaviors in that direction. So think about purpose and actions, put them together, live and lead with intention.
0: That is beautiful. I will remember that. That is really incredible. Thank you for sharing that. And Katie, it was great having you on today. I look forward to watching all of your success and staying connected.
1: Thank you, me too. Thank you so much, Michael.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.